Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass. The Hitting the Turnbuckle Podcast. First come back. Give me a hell yeah. Welcome everybody back to the Hitting the Turnbuckle Podcast. I am your host, Adam Cousins. And well, the summer of subculture has come to near enough its end of the summer, not of subculture. Um, we have had Flash on the show. We haven't had Danny yet. We need to work that out. But this man has is the other third of subculture and maybe in for his toughest half an hour of the summer. Who knows? It is uh, Mark Andrews. Mark, thank you for coming on the show. Hey, thanks so much for having me on the show. I've, uh, I'm looking forward to having a chat. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it too. So we met Sunday uh, at Slam Masters. Uh, I do need to give uh, the guys at Slam Masters and, of course, my boys, Beers and Beatdowns, a shout. Uh, hospitality was fantastic to come in and just be able to, you know, sit around with you guys for a bit and to watch a great show. You was in the main event against the donut-loving Ace Austin, and I still haven't got a part of the donut family yet to Ace Austin. I must try to uh, get in that, but he's, he's got very strict rules. Only a few people are allowed <laughs> it. But it was a very good main event, Mark, that you in. Slam Masters put on and a great show. So if you are in the Wales area or even if near me in Essex or in, in, in London or anywhere and you want to get down to watch a really great show, go and see them when they're next on. I, I fully recommend it. was a great, great evening for me of, of wrestling. Although the greedy souls did rub me up the wrong way, told me to get in the bin on Monday because I, took <laughs> a bit. I had a green jacket on. I was trying a, a, on a green jacket in a shop and I was my, my girlfriend's like, oh, you're uh, the greedy souls. I was like, so we took a picture. We posted it up and he didn't. And the Bronco didn't take too kindly to it. <laughs> yeah, it's hard, hard to get on Bronco's good side. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, it certainly is. But anyway, enough about them. Let's talk about you, Mark. You've just come off um, a massive summer. I mean, really, really massive year for you. And obviously, it's a subculture since you, you left the WWE. Um, in terms of the last year, has it been the sort of best run to, to date, do you think, of your career so far? <clears throat> um, I mean, I'd say as a team, as a trio, yeah, this has been our best run. This, uh, the, the, the summer of subculture 2023 that has been the best run we've had as a three i guess back in 2019 uh me and flash when we were tagging as as south wales subculture yes. is what, what it was dubbed as yep. um that would was a pretty good run as well and unfortunately it kind of got cut off by covid to be honest yep. you know we went from um from winning the nxc uk tag team championships in wales you know first welsh champions in wwe history then to wrestling on raw against the Viking Raiders, yep. um, who were the tag champs at the time, and, and then all the way to uh, being in the Dusty Classic the following January in 2020, yep. and um, um, take over Blackpool in the big four-way ladder match. So yep. we had a really good run at that point, and we weren't sure when that was going to end. And unfortunately, it ended along with a lot of other things yeah. when COVID hit us in, uh, what was it, February or March time. Yeah. Um, so since then, this has definitely been the best run that we've all had, both individually you know, me, Flash and Danny and as a team. Um, and I think it's it's really nice for us and it's very validating for us because obviously we started the subculture brand and the subculture team in COVID. Yeah. And there were, I guess like, like everyone on the NXT UK brand and everyone wrestling dur during COVID as well, everyone kind of hit a bit of a glass ceiling. So it's nice to see that now, you know, a year or so later, we've actually been able to kind of see the potential unfold with what we've put a lot of hard work into. It certainly did. It certainly was great to see. And obviously, it's, it's good to see. Obviously, I've seen your Rev Pro shows and obviously Slam Masters. Um, but you did have a foray uh, back into Impact Wrestling. Now, you hadn't been into Impact since 2014, I believe, was one of your when you was at Impact before, as pretty much as, as a single. Um, what was the big difference between going back sort of 2014 and, and returning in 2023 for you? 
Yeah. So yeah, I think 2014 was, yeah, that was when bootcamp two was yeah. on. Right. And then, yeah. and then I was there actually for uh, until I think it was 2015 and 2016 yeah, is when it. I spent there. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, long time ago that I, when I was last there and the company has changed completely, if I'm honest. Yeah. Uh, well, well, not completely, but it's changed a lot. Um, so it, in some ways, it felt like I was walking into a new company, but seeing lots of familiar faces, you know, f- people who I'd met back in the day. Um, and even when I was there before, back in, you know, 2014, 15 or 16, it had an incredibly high morale backstage. You know, the, the locker room has always been a wonderful locker room. And I think coming back... And having, you know, um, Danny and Flash on my side as well, I, and, and they they will agree to this, is that it, I really haven't been in, in a backstage environment as positive as the current Impact backstage. It really is, like, above it. All other locker rooms that I've been in, the from the office to the talent to, you know, all the staff, it really is wonderful. And, you know, I've heard so much about that before we kind of got involved with Impact this year. But what everyone says is true. It really is a really nice environment. Um, it was really nice for me to be able to come back and, as I said, see familiar faces, be surrounded by people who I'd met over the years on the indies or through WWE, um, but people who I hadn't seen in a long time, you know, over COVID, for example. And on top of that, it was really nice because we got to actually well i tick some things off the list and achieve yep. some milestones that i didn't get to do the first time round so winning gold in impact wrestling was something i didn't get to achieve and i was so desperate to to do that early on in my career so to be able to go back and it, you know it feels like i've kind of you know i i i've right that wrong you know what i mean yep. and i've kind of uh, turned over that stone now and been able to tick it off the list so it's that's been very very validating for me yeah, it does. And we, we had uh, Matt Raywald on, um, used to be uh, Aiden English in WWE, and we were saying that the 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 uh, roster and, and sort of the backstage part of the roster feels like the old NXT days. And he yes. was in agreement that it has that sort of, you have that sort of, there's that young vibe, but there's also that positive vibe that we want to go and do great things. And that's what's great to see from us, because we, obviously we watch Impact Weekly over here as well. We're looking forward to them coming back. I think it's, yeah, the end of the month when they're coming back. Yeah. But it's really nice to see them back out and they've sort of like really quietly gone about their business on an upward trajectory from what, what we think. I don't know. I'm, I'm gathering you feel the same since being going there. No, I, I'm, yeah, 100% agree that they, they, it's funny back when I was there in, you know, 2015 or whenever it was, it, it still felt like the little engine that could, but it weirdly in a way had, I guess, some bad habits of, of, previously being a big company you know what i mean and mm. now i feel like it really is the little engine that could it is producing some of the best wrestling yep. out there at the moment um and you know it might not be as big as an aw or a wwe but it's it's working with all of those companies in fact it's the only it's kind of the common ground in the wrestling scene when yeah. people talk about the the hidden door impact is the one that's always open in it you know mickey james in the rumble the stuff of yeah. new japan the stuff of aw and and the stuff of the indies as well you know because they they really do you know work with a lot of indies around the place too uh, only you know a few months ago when we had our tag team title reign they were showing footage of attack pro wrestling the company that i run yeah. and pro wrestling chaos which flash runs on their tv show so they really are the kind of they're the common you know the common ground in wrestling um and i think that they've just yeah, I don't know. I, I I think they're about to break out to something huge because they've consistently been putting out one of the best products in the wrestling industry for the last, well, I guess five years, really. You know, since Scott Moore took over and since it's kind of had this new wave of, of creative and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I think it really is right now. It's almost like the best hidden gem in wrestling. Um, and I really hope that that does mean it leads to like bigger and better things because everyone who works there and everyone on the roster really deserves it. 
Yeah, they do. I think it's I, I think it's been great watching it uh, every week, as you say, last five years or so. We got a question from one of our one of our viewers here that says, um, "What do you think's been the main reason for tag wrestling, or even more so trios wrestling now, to co- come back?" Because obviously, I was I grew up in the you know the late eighties. So I was like Demolition, Powers of Pain, Half Foundation, Rockers, that type of thing. It was a really upward trajectory, and then it kind of maybe when WWE bought WCW, it kind of sort of yeah, it was just oh you and you, we've got nothing to do with you, we put you together. Sometimes it had success. You look at Booker T and Goldust for a prime example, an odd couple just worked. You look at the more recently, like the bar, Seamus and Cesaro, two great workers come together. But in their question was, what do you think has been the biggest reason for more sort of an upward trajectory on tag and, and uh, trios? <clears throat> so, do you know what? I remember a few years ago, um, they're kind of being this, like this mindset around uh, across a lot of fans of like WWE didn't put their tag wrestling in a high enough position on the card and that they were almost like selling out tag wrestling and, and, and they weren't putting enough emphasis on it. And I'm not sure if, um, if the reason why tag team wrestling and, you know, trios wrestling has had this upward trajectory is almost an answer to that is the other companies thinking, hold on tag wrestling, some of the best wrestling in the world, yeah. let's focus on it more. And you have then, you know, you know, teams like the young bucks who have really helped that, or if it's the WWE, you know, doing stuff like, for example, the, the bloodline storyline, yeah. you know, and, and you put the, those tag team championships in the main event of WrestleMania, but whatever it is, whether it's kind of an answer back to it, not being in a, in a good position to begin with, or if it's the WWE actually finally pushing it. I think it's the fact that at the moment we have all these incredible teams. So across yeah. the board, you have the young bucks, you have FTR, you have the Usos, you have the new day, and it doesn't matter really what company they all work for. Cause you could see, any of those teams in any of those companies and you'd watch, you know, their household names, all of those guys are. Um, So yeah, to me, I guess I'm not entirely sure why it's happening, but I'm really, really happy that it is, especially when it comes to trios wrestling, because that's something else that I remember when I was younger, I loved watching wrestling and feeling like it, you know, it was almost like gang warfare. You know, you'd have these guys over here and these guys over there. And there's, you know, I know that like, um, Companies like Dragon Gate would always do that. And a lot of Japanese companies, you know, even New Japan still, they have their their teams and their groups. And I think that makes wrestling really, really interesting and dynamic. I know that's something that kind of happened in NXT UK when I was there. You know, you had Gallus, you had Imperium, you had Subculture. Uh, there's a few different groups like that. You know, British Strong Style. Um, and it just makes it more interesting. Uh, so I'm really glad it is happening. I'm not entirely sure why, but I know that my favorite wrestling to watch tends to be multi-man wrestling, whether that be tag or six-man tag. Certainly, I certainly find it very exciting to watch it. And we, we view a flash together. And this was a question that we got one last question before we move into the the British and, and, and the, the Welsh indie scene, which we want to get to. Was you and a flash just seem to work together? Was it because you've had pre like past you worked together in the past how did it come about that you and flash have worked together and what made it so good because sometimes it can be a, a contrast of styles can make a good tag team you get the big powerhouse sometimes like a an anvil to a brett but for you you're more i would say back in the 80s you're more like the rockers in a sense that you're similar in size similar in height and you do similar stuff so it was like what brought you and flash together and what made it work <clears throat> So I guess with me and Flash, we, we've uh, it, like in real life, you know, outside of wrestling, we have known each other since I was about 13, 14 years old and he was about 15. So we've known each other for years. You know, we've been friends for a long, long time. Um, and although we've only had in that time, I guess, a handful of singles matches and, and occasionally tagging back in the day as well when we were starting out in our career, uh, we would have trained a lot together and we would have been around each other a lot and watching each other's matches a lot. So I think 
first and foremost, the reason why we gel so well at the moment is because we just known each other for so long. Um, with that being said, though, we always talk about how at first we felt like we we didn't have as much chemistry as we would have expected. Um, and it actually took us kind of a few reps to kind of get used to tagging with each other. And maybe because we were so used to doing singles matches and stuff like that. Um, one thing that we've tried to really make apparent through our work, though, is that we are still two singles wrestlers with our own unique identity. Um, but equally, we can be branded as a tag team. And I, I hope that's something that we can kind of, you know, don't be wrong, we occasionally borrow each other's moves. So maybe we're maybe we're not doing ourselves a good a good service uh, when we're doing that. Um, but we, uh, yeah, I, I still consider Flash Book and Webster one of the best singles wrestlers in, in the country. Um, and I, you know, but equally... I absolutely love tag tag team wrestling. So right now I prefer being in those tag team matches. Um, but yeah, I think maybe just as the, the fact that we've known each other for so long, that's probably, that's got to be it. I think that's got to be a reason why we have so much chemistry in the same way that both of us would, I think, with the Wild Boar or Eddie Dennis yeah. or Pete Dunn. Because between the five of us there, there's been a lot of tag teams. There's been flips and forums with me and Pete. Yeah. There's been uh, the 198 with Flash and Wild Boar. There's FSU with me and Eddie. So, and I think we, I, I think you could tag you know, Pete in the ball or Eddie in the ball or Flash and Pete and, and all of those scenarios, I think there'd be pretty good chemistry. I love Wild Ball. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I would say maybe the most underrated wrestler in the country. He is. I, I, although me, and, although I was going to say, was uh, just talking to some of our uh, colleagues on, on the Hidden Tab, I was talking that we have we must be an unlucky charm to Danny and Boar because every event we've gone to, they've lost. So I think, <laughs> <laughs> so I think they're going to want us not to start attending shows to pick up some more Ws. Uh, hey, like... Danny won the tag belts at Slam Masters though, right? So it, maybe it's starting to, you know, maybe it's starting to, to work itself out. Bit. She was unsuccessful on Sunday, and you were both currently, funnily enough, in singles on Sunday. You and, and Flash, you you say you wrestled yeah. Austin uh, on, on that on the main on the main event of Slam Masters, which was as I say a great match. Um, we're going to move into that independent scene now because obviously the independent scene is thriving in the UK. You you will know that you've been around and done a lot. Obviously, attack as well. Um, one of the things I've noticed, and this is with talking to people like Blanche from Beers and Beatdowns, because obviously we sponsor uh, Pro Wrestling College and we sponsor Beers and Beatdowns uh, over in Wales. We also sponsor some UK promotions, but I get a feeling in Wales that the promotions, not that necessarily us in the UK, you may get some, you know, they're putting on shows on the same day that, and they take some of your talent of other shows. With Wales, it feels like there's more, it's more of a community than an independent wrestling. I don't know if that's, if that's something you would agree with there, Mark. <laughs> yeah, it 100% is. Um, and I guess it hasn't always been like that. Uh, but with that being said, you know, when, when I was starting out, there wasn't really much of a scene. So any drama that you would have between different promotions, I mean, the, the bar was pretty low, you know, uh, and that's not me to kind of insult the generations before me. You know, it had to start somewhere and I'm, I'm grateful that it did because it gave me my in with professional wrestling, but there wasn't a whole, you know, there weren't many promotions and, you know, the kind of the politics of it was really quite low level politics, if you will. Whereas these days, I think, Anyone who's kind of running shows in Wales, maybe not anyone, but but the majority of us, we've been around for a long time and we've worked together. So, you know, if you look at New Wave Wrestling, for example, that's uh, the, the the best training academy in Wales, essentially. That is uh, what Brendan White runs. It was formerly Dragon Pro Wrestling, which uh, Wild Boar ran. And myself and Danny Jones and uh, Danny Luna, we've always being involved, you know, where we were training ourselves or we were coaches there, we've always been involved. So in, instantly you've got five people right there who are kind of in, let's say, like a bit of a, you know, a friendship group at least so can work alongside each other. With that, then you have the Wild Boar who runs Pro Wrestling Chaos with Flash Morgan Webster. 
I who run runs Attack Pro Wrestling. Um, so instantly then you've got Attack, New Wave, and Pro Wrestling Chaos all in the same group. And then you've got No Mercy Wrestling who, who do the ring jobs. So we work friendly enough with them because they do our ring jobs. And then a lot of these guys and a lot of the guys who train with New Wave and, and, and wrestle for Attack or Chaos, they go and do shows like Carnage, for example, uh, like, like you mentioned before. So really, you know, when you when you put it all down, there's a lot of promotions and there's a handful of, of a few who kind of work on their own and don't really mingle with the rest. But for the most part, you know, everybody tends to kind of let each other sort their own business. And um, I, I think if there was a clash in shows, it would be quite easily figured out. I think you could easily share talent. You could easily mm -hmm. just, you know, figure it out and, and everything would work fine. Um, but we were very much, you know, a scene only gets better when people work together because you know, every other country in the UK, right? They, you look at Scotland and their their kind of history in wrestling is a lot richer because you have guys like Drew McIntyre who made it big in the WWE and it all kind of filters down. And, and now, you know, Noam, Gallus, uh, Nikki, Kaylee Ray, so many who are there. And then in Ireland, you have Seamus, Becky Lynch, Fergal, and then many, many wrestlers since then who've, who've succeeded in different areas of wrestling, like in Japan, like you know, LJ Cleary is out there currently. Yeah. England's tons, you know, British Bulldog, Regal. Now you've got your Pete Dunn's and your Luke Menzies and, and all of, you know, tons of guys in England. Whereas Wales, we kind of were the first generation to do anything. So, you know, myself, uh, Nixon Newell, you know, Tegan Knox, Flash mm -hmm. Morgan Webster, Eddie Dennis and Wild Boar. Before us, other than Adrian Street, who was a whole of a generation, you know, generations of generations before us, there hasn't been that big whilst wrestling. There. And, and I know you could mention M Mason Ryan, for example, yeah. um, but a lot of those guys didn't necessarily come from the, the wrestling scene. They came from different areas and they kind of got, you know, uh, approached by wrestling to get involved. So for us, it's almost like now is our time to build a good scene. And I take a lot of pride in in me and those few that I mentioned just then, our little group, in building that scene and, and building it in a good way, not in a way where there's, you know, loads of competition between everyone. It needs to all come up together because that's how everyone benefits. That's how wrestlers get more work. That's how fans get more shows. Uh, and that's how everybody improves. Exactly. No, you're totally right. What I like and what I've been seeing in the independent scene I, when I've been going now is, yes, you get they can bring in the imports, you can bring in those, but there's so many diamonds in the rough that you just like. I, I, that was the first time on Sunday, although I've heard of him, I've had him on the podcast, that I saw James Ellis, for example, wrestle. First time I'd seen him wrestle, as I've spoken to Adam Pocock. And I, I, I text Blanche the, the, the day after, I said it was like watching Heenan and Perfect. Because uh, Ellis uh, uh, has that style, just like, reminds me of Kurt Henning, uh, the way he was wrestling. And funny enough, he did say to me on message that he used to do the perfect plex. And I was like, we should bring that back because his actions were very much like, and obviously you had Blanche being the ref. But do you find that now that you can bring in impulse, but these fans will get behind those sort of homegrown talents? We've done a show recently for Ignite Wrestling Pro. Uh, and they do a breakout division. And they had a, a guy on there called Remy Anatunja, who was making his debut at Ignite. Uh, and he was against Adonis Payne. And at the end, they done a please come back chance to Remy. That's how it was the first time he'd been there. They were that impressed of him. Do you find that there's like so many diamonds in the rough now in wrestling in general that it helps to bring those imports in, but you do need that base of those top sort of diamonds in the rough, so to speak. <clears throat> Oh, 100%, 100%. And I mean, you know, you talk about guys like James Ellis, you know, I, I, 
met him well only only about you know maybe less than two years ago and was instantly impressed because he actually offers he offers something different to what everyone else is trying to do on the scene um, but there are tons of diamonds in the rough down here in wales and i think because we have such a strong scene here in wales sometimes a lot of guys that down here sometimes struggle to kind of break out into the english scene and the scottish scene and the irish scene so we've got guys like nico angelo jay joshua splits mcpins elijah a lot of these guys you know james ellis tons of these guys who are absolutely smashing it and at the moment they're almost like well-known in the Welsh scene, but absolute hidden gems to the rest of the UK. Um, Leon Cage and Shane Hooker, two young wrestlers. Leon Cage is only 16 years old and he is incredible. People need to be talking about him. Shane Hooker, unfortunately, recently got injured, but he's only 21, I think, 22. And these guys, are like, they're so young, they're so good. And it's funny you mention about, you know, having these fans who kind of get to see them progress over the years. Because for me... When I did then get signed to Impact back in 2014, I had this home base who'd been watching me in Wales and in Cardiff, you know, for, for years and years and see me progress and kind of see me grow up in front of their eyes. And they got to see me make it, you know, and it's the same when we went to WWE as well. They got to see someone who they saw at the local community center at Attack Pro Wrestling every single month. They got to see them make it to the big leagues. And that's what I hope for all of these guys in Wales at the moment. I want to see not only them succeed, but I want them then to see how important it is for the fans who've been watching them and supporting them at the lower levels to see them succeed. Because I, I it's, there's, it's a pride that, you know, I, 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 I'm so glad that wrestling happened this way for me. And I really hope that it happens for the, the others around me in the same way, because that it gives you a different level of pride when you know that you've kind of come from something which was so much smaller and you worked your ass off and it pays off in a big way. So I really hope I can see, you know, loads of the Attack Pro roster in years to come sign with AEW, WWE, New Japan, you know, Impact, all these places, because when one of them wins, everyone wins, everyone gets brought up. I think that helps sometimes when they see people like yourselves on on telly and, and making it as, as a wrestler and winning titles that it, it people like people that are in school that go into these communities watching do you think it also helps them build the next generation of talent because they're seeing you and they're thinking well this guy can this guy's from wales and he, you know it's not like gareth bow on football and you get that you get that but with wrestling it's a bit more niche so there's obviously a bit more difference involved so do you think with the likes of yourselves and flash and danny being on the telly will help because people want to become wrestlers because they can see what you guys are doing. <laughs> oh, 100%. And I really hope that that is the case. I, I can only imagine and hope that it is. Um, you know, for me, like, I was very lucky that I just, uh, you know, my mum actually found an advert in a newspaper for a, a wrestling show down at Kate's Community Centre when I was, what, 12. And we went down and watched and we tried to sneak in the ring afterwards. And then they told us, hey, don't go in the ring now, but tomorrow is training. And I was just so lucky that we, I happened to, you know, flukily come across that show and, and find that training. But at the time, there wasn't, I couldn't just type in Welsh professional wrestling training. There, there wasn't really that, you know, I had no idea of any Welsh professional wrestlers. Whereas now I like to think that if you type that in on Google, you know, on social media and stuff, you'd see my name, Flash Morgan Webster, Wild Ball My Kitchen, Danny Jones, Brendan White, New Wave Wrestling Academy. It'd be relatively accessible and easy to find. And that's what's most important is that people who want to get involved in wrestling, especially, you know, young men and women who are, who are passionate about it, because that's, that's what I was at only 12 years old, you know, I was desperate to get involved, that they can find a safe and reputable school to go to. And that is New Wave Wrestling. Um, and they can, get, you know, have they can start their pro wrestling journey right there, you know, in, in, in safe hands, um, in, and it's great fun. You know, it's, it's, I wish that we had had that when I started out, although, although in some ways I wouldn't change a thing because, you know, it's all about the process, not the result. And I, I love the journey. 
I all I, I do I'm also still envious of of people coming into wrestling now in 2023 because there's so many more resources you know there's so much more out there more schools better schools you know more experienced trainers um and yeah I hope that people who want to get involved now find it much easier than I did at least I hope yeah I think so does it also help that there is obviously we're talking about the UK now but there is more variety in America now to choose so, so for example you know you, you've mentioned impact wrestling is NWA WWE AEW there's more variety now. So you might find that a certain style fits a certain company better. So they might want to go there. I had an interview with a, a British wrestling guy last week, British wrestling uh, wrestler and a, an announcer. And he said that his character would fit the NWA more because it's all old school and, you know, that's how he works. But with the more varieties there, obviously you want to make it big on the British scene, but ultimately everyone's goal is generally to get up there. But now there's more variety. There should be more of, a, more of an opportunity, really. 100%. Well, I, I think, you know, with AEW coming along uh, and with New Japan as well, you know, yeah. kind of like growing to the to the level that it is, I think uh, wrestling has instantly become less monopolized. You know what I mean? Before it was WWE here, everything else down here pretty much, you know, besides impact, which I guess was the the only fighting chance we had of, of a rival for WWE, you know, for when I started out, like I, I was mad, I was in love with uh, Chikara pro wrestling and yes. I, I made my, made sure I, went out there and, and tried to work for them. And I, I got to do it relatively early in my career because in the grand scheme of things, it wasn't anywhere close to one of the big leagues, you know? Whereas these days, there's much more of a kind of ladder of ways you can get from a top UK indie, you know, you can get from an attack pro wrestling to a, let's say a rev pro or, a, a, you know, a progress if, if if that's still considered one of the one of the top ones. And then from there, you can kind of get to a, a Defy in Seattle or a, I'm trying to think of, you know, another, you know, a, a pro wrestling a revolver out He's in, I believe, Ohio. Yeah, you know, and you've got to make your way to, you know, a PWG. And then from there, you can make your way to, let's say, an MLW or an Impact and then to a New Japan. And there's lots more, um, well, there's variety, but there's a lot more kind of stages as opposed to there being the big one, some of the indies, some of the smaller indies, you know, uh, which I think is great. And as you said, in terms of style as well, not everyone's style is going to fit WWE. No. I mean, you know, I, I I trained under Zack Sabre Jr. a lot when I first mm -hmm. started out. And from day one, you know, I, I met him again when I was 14 and he must have been 17. And even when he was 17, I remember thinking, you're the best technical wrestler in the world, you know? <laughs> and he, he, he looked incredible, right? And, and he was always doing that style. He was never doing like a a watered down WWE style. So he was always destined to make it in a new Japan or somewhere like that. Um, and I think it's, you know, back then the chances would have felt a lot slimmer than they do now. You know, if someone wanted to get involved in wrestling right now and they love technical wrestling and they love Zack Sabre Jr., there'd be a, a more direct route to get to where you'd want to be than there was 15 years ago, I think. Yeah, definitely. What a match he had, by the way. Uh, <laughs> that is, you know, that type of magical match with Danielson. That's the, ma the match everyone wanted to see, right? Incredible. We got we missed out last year due to the Danielson's injury. But by the sounds of it, it isn't over if you listen to uh, Sabre Jr.'s in uh, uh, interview after that show. It was not over. One question just really about AEW. What did you make of the uh, debut of Edge? I have to ask. I'm a big Edge head. So what did you make of that him going? I loved it. <laughs> I absolutely loved it. That's what wrestling's all about. Wrestling is about moments like that, you know. Um, I was lucky lucky enough to speak quite a bit with Edge a few years ago for the for the podcast I run with the BBC, yeah. and he is one of the nicest guys in wrestling. You know, the times I met him when I was there, such a nice guy, always willing to give advice, always willing to give his time, and you can tell that he is passionate about wrestling. And the fact that now he's been able to have his second chance at his career, you know, one that he thought was taken away from him, 
and he's creating all of these moments. You know, how many how many big pops has the man had in the last few years? Right. The Rumble return, now the yeah. AEW debut. He's creating memories for everyone, you know. Um, and I think it's just when when he showed up, it, it goes to show how important these moments are for the fans as well. Cause it's like everyone's, you know, it's such a joyous occasion, you know, when he popped up and with the music as well. Ah, that, nailed yeah. it, you know, well, it, it was, was incredible. Beth that done the uh, the you think you know him was Beth. Was he- it? Yes. No, yeah. I did not know that little Easter egg. That's even yeah. cooler. She's the one that says, because it's now, it's not you think you know me now, it's you think you know him. Amazing. So slight change, obviously, detail. I suppose that's. Because I know they couldn't, they didn't have the the theme song uh, Metalingus uh, sorted out. But yeah, that's so it's Beth Phoenix that does the start of that. Amazing. But is it important, uh, not just in AEW, but even when you get these sort of experienced imports over to wrestle in, in Wales, that the younger guys pick their brains? <clears throat> yeah, one hundred percent. I think it is. Um, that's how I learned back in the day. You know, from picking brains of of the imports who came over, and that's why it's so important. Sometimes, you know, when when you get. When you when you're able to be in the same car as a more experienced wrestler has come over, and also not even just necessarily like always the more experienced guys, but guys out in the states or in Canada or different countries, they just have different journeys themselves as well. So they're able to kind of tell you what it's like on their side of the pond, you know, what the expectations are like on shows over there, and you know, you can kind of just fill your brain with you know knowing more about the the climate of professional wrestling around the world as a, as opposed to just what it's like in the UK in your position. Yeah, we've got a couple more questions before we wrap up here, Mark. The first one uh, was, again, one of our followers said, is there any? Is there still any tag teams in America that you want to face that you haven't done yet? Oh, it's a hard question. I mean, the big one for us was Motor City Machine Guns. Yes. And luckily earlier this year, we got we got to do that. We got to take that off the list. I mean, there's a real obvious one. And with them working for AEW right now, I really hope at some point it gets to happen, is, is the Hardy Boys. You know, that's oh, the ultimate nice. the ultimate one. The first match I ever saw was the Hardys versus the Dudleys at Royal Rumble 2000, yeah. the tables match. Yeah. So, you know, if we get, and, and, you know, both of them have been a huge inspiration for me my whole career. So I really hope we get to see Subculture versus the Hardy Boys at some point. We need to get Subculture versus Urgent Christian now as well. That's well, I, that's another one, right? <laughs> you know, exactly. You know, I'd love to do that. Um, one about the, the the same kind of question, really, we had, but more about the independent scene. So is there any tag teams that you guys really want to face in the indies that you haven't done yet? <clears throat> Let me have a good think. Um, oh, you know, this year we've been able to tick off quite a lot. You know, we had the Velocities. Um, yeah. We've had like us gym. We've had, you know, tons with the Greedy Souls and Sunshine Machine and stuff like that. So I'm trying to think out in the States right now. Um I feel like there's an obvious one I'm missing. Anyone you can think of? Who I, I, I'm I'm forgetting right now. Okay, you've had the Bucks. I mean, you thought the Bucks, right? The Bucks. I mean, if they if, if they count as the Indies, I mean, I I can see well, the AW, well. But yeah, I I've wrestled. You know what? Flash has wrestled them in a tag match yeah. with Mark Haskins at PWG, yeah. and I've wrestled Nick back at Chikara years ago in 2011. So if we can get the Bucks for subculture, that yeah, that's that's a dream match right there. You may have to sign for AW for that. But I don't hey, and I'll, if that's what I got to do, I'll, I'll just have to, you know. <laughs> uh, absolutely, Mark. Before you go, can you just tell everybody? Um, obviously about attack um about where they can get hold of you what you've got coming up and if the people want to uh, book subculture book you guys how do they do it <clears throat> so uh, attack pro wrestling is the company that was was founded back in well, i want to say 2011 2012 by uh, pete dern and jim lee and i quickly got involved after that i brought it back now we went we went on hiatus um for a few years over covid 
Uh, I brought it back and I'm incredibly passionate about the shows that we run down primarily in Wales, but we're looking to, to do more. We used to run in London and Bristol as well. Um, if you're looking for something a bit different, something a bit more fun, come down to an Attack Pro Wrestling show. We've got our, our Goosebumps Halloween show on October 20th. Uh, and then we've got three more later in the year in November, December as well. Follow us at Attack Wrestling on social media or Attack Pro Wrestling on Facebook. Uh, and as for me, I'm at Mandras Jr. on socials. Um, and if you want to get in touch to book subculture for seminars, for podcasts, for wrestling matches, for anything really uh chuck me an email at markandrewsprowrestling at gmail.com um we're all you know we are absolutely psyched me flash and danny to be back on the indies the last year has been incredibly rewarding we've been loving every minute of it and we're eager to do more we're eager to travel more go to more countries talk about wrestling more the whole shebang so please get in touch if you want us involved in whatever your wrestling project is there you go. And I would recommend it because the two, I, I said, I've not had Danny on yet. That's the next one. I must get Danny on. Uh, I would say that who I can't yet say who we've got pretty much near enough nailed on to come on the podcast because it wouldn't be fair. Uh, but let's just say if you're a big fan of the Attitude Era and growing up during the Monday Night Wars, it is someone of that ilk. Uh, that's all I can say because, again, it wouldn't be nice for me to say a name that's not quite there yet. But it's very close, uh, and I need to thank a lot of people when it does happen. You might get the scoop when we finish, Mark. But <laughs> I hope end. I do. I hope I do. Yeah, I, 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 I yeah. might do that. Um, but, uh, Ignite Wrestling Pro is a pe with people that we work with very closely on the Hit Turn Buckle podcast. Uh, Smashing Mike's got his first title defense, uh, November 12th at Curtain Call 2 against Chris Ridgeway. So he will have a, a lovely first encounter to uh, try and defend our championship. Uh, so we wish him luck for that. We'll be there as well. But for the Hitting the Turnbuckle podcast, I will thank Mark for his time as well today. And I will also thank him off air shortly. He has been Mark Andrews. I have been your host, Adam Cousins. Until next time, everybody, buckle down, stay safe. Goodbye. Hey, everybody. Thank you for checking out the Hitting the Turnbuckle podcast. Make sure you go and check us out on all social media. Twitter, you can find us at HTT Buckle. Facebook, just search the Hit in the Turnbuckle podcast.